Amen. Hey, once again, we are in our study, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult, and this nifty graphic coming up there on the screen that maybe you could see 500 years after we buy a new projector. But anyway, that's right. Online, you can see it. It's very snappy, trust me, but that's right. But we are in our study, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult. Mary, you are so faithful. Number 14. That's right. Give it up for Mary, the one incredible... Uh, lady who can read on the second row, but, uh, and we're excited about that. Uh, but uh, so far we've seen, of course, the definition of witchcraft, the types of witchcraft, the location, as we're seeing in our history section, all over the world, okay? Uh, the protection, hey, if you wanted to get uh, protected from uh, witchcraft or get delivered if you were involved in it, what do you got to do? That's right. Always a safe answer in all church services, just say the name Jesus, and nine times out of ten, you get the right answer, for those of you wondering. That's right. Jesus is the way out of that mess. Amen. Praise God uh, that he is real and he can deliver you. And then we've been, of course, dealing with our history section. What we've been doing the last five times, basically journeying around the world. And we're seeing that this so-called Wicca, modern witchcraft, is nothing modern at all. It's been around for a long time. In fact, it's been around ever since uh, man, uh, after the, God judged the planet with the flood and gets off, and they rebel again only about 200 years after the flood. At the Tower of Babel. And we saw, man, they weren't just rebelling against God building that tower. They were already archaeological evidence. Man, they were steeped in witchcraft and occult practices. And so we've been journeying. Where did it go after Babel and the Tower of Babel and God dispersed the nations? Okay, well, we saw so far after Babylon, it went to Egypt. And we're talking about witchcraft and occult practices. Then it went to Greece. Then it went to the Romans. And last time, if you were here, it went to Asia. And we dealt with the Asian witchcraft there. And we know this because about 1,500 years after the Tower of Babel, we read our opening text from Isaiah, and he was warning Israel to stop dabbling in witchcraft from the east, okay? And so again, this is 1,500 years. That was about 700 BC when he wrote that, and so that's plenty enough time, unfortunately, for witchcraft to not just make it to Asia, but get involved in that community over there as well, and certainly, unfortunately, plenty enough time for Israel to get connected uh, and then bring it back and get rebuked by God, uh, by Isaiah. Now, and we saw basically on the Asian cultures, man, it is steeped in witchcraft still to this day. Now, again, as we saw, we just hit some highlights because when you say Asia, you're talking about a multitude of countries, okay? And we've had the liberty in our first part to deal with individual ones. So we had to just hit some highlights. We couldn't hit them all. Was wanting to hit Korea. Man, there's all kinds of neat stuff going on there in a negative sense witchcraft and stuff. Uh, but we, we, we stuck to the two big guns, if you will. And the first one we dealt with was Japan. Japan still to this day is steeped in witchcraft on a massive scale. Uh, they do what's called the familiar spirits. If you were here last time, they get into fox witches. We saw snake witches, but there's cat witches, bird witches, all stuff. They're, they're familiar, you know, demons inside these animals and they basically train the witches and, and that's still going on even to this day. We saw they're into talismans. There are more of the written kind, the oriental or more into the written talisman, the being blessed with a stamp from the shrine and somehow that's going to give you power, protection, all that stuff. And uh, then, of course, witchcraft words are huge, including in the martial arts community uh, and still to this day. Uh, then we took a look at the other big gun, if you will, Chinese witchcraft, still big today as well. And then we saw that with the Wu, right? Woo-hoo. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Woo was basically the Chinese word for shaman or witch doctor or witch, okay? As well as you can see, they're still big today. Uh, of course, they're big in their talisman, also a written style. And also mirrors. Again, we've seen again, mirrors are huge in witchcraft. And that was the Bakwa mirror we saw last time. And just like we have, uh, unfortunately, Hollywood and Disney promoting 
uh, witchcraft in a positive light here in America. They have in the Asian communities the same thing with anime and manga and with their comic books and things of that nature. They're promoting witchcraft. It's the latest thing. In fact, again, if you can see that cat, that's supposed to be a cat spirit and you know, it's a demon inside that and it's helping these girls learn witchcraft and defeat monsters. You know, it's all baloney. But it's the same thing over and over again. So what we're going to do again, we're going to journey around and we're now this time we're going to go a little bit south and a little bit west okay and what we're going to do is we're going to cover now the next area unfortunately that is still steep to this day in witchcraft on a massive scale and that is india and what i'm just calling the island nations okay a lot of the different island peoples around that area okay but before we get into that let's first remind ourselves why god has such strong warnings against witchcraft and what he originally told Israel to do about it when they came across people who were involved in witchcraft and occult practices, okay? Which, by the way, I gotta say this because there was one comment from one person saying, Pastor Billy, I'm not really sure that you should be teaching on witchcraft. I mean, shouldn't we learn about other stuff? With all due respect, last time I checked, if you read the Bible, and I highly recommend that, John, Old Testament, New Testament, man, is all, tons of resources over and over again, God is talking about occult practices, witchcraft, and over and over again, he has strong words about it. So my point is, if you're going to teach all the Bible and you're supposed to as a shepherd, guess what you're going to have to hit once in a while? Not just Bible prophecy. You got to deal with occult issues. Yeah, I know it's kind of freaky, but listen, if God spoke about it a ton of times, Old and New Testament, don't you think we should learn about it? Bingo. But that's my little justification for this evening. Your opening text is Leviticus chapter 20. Let's take a look at one of those texts that God has some serious strong words again, okay, against witchcraft. And again, we're not just dealing with just some isolated text. Well, it only occurs two times in the, uh, in the Bible. Are you kidding me? It's all over the Bible. Uh, and that's why I'm frankly having no problem coming up with some opening text in any one of these studies, and we still got a long ways to go. But Leviticus chapter 20, we're gonna see some very strong words uh, again from God about these practices, okay? Leviticus chapter 20, we're gonna read verse 22 through 27, okay? And start there. When you get there, say moo. Moo, Andrew, I saw you moving, buddy. Thank you. (laughs) Fist pump from up here. That's right. Uh, Let's take a look. Verse 22. Here's God speaking. He says to uh, keep all my decrees and laws and follow them so that the land, listen to this, so that the land where I'm bringing you to live may not what? Vomit. Whoa. Vomit you. That's some serious words, right? Man, what's going on? So, okay, he says, here's what you do. You must not live according to the customs of the nations I'm going to drive out before you. So that presupposes if you do live like that, what's the land going to do? It's going to vomit you out, right? He says, because they, the people that were involved in these things, uh, they did all these things. I what? What's the word that God used there? Abhorred. That's a serious word, right? I mean, you got you to gotta seriously feel strong about something. It's like, oh man, you just don't make me sick. I, just, I abhor that. And this is God speaking. He says, but I said to you, Israel, you will possess their land. I will give it to you as an inheritance, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from the nations. You must therefore make a distinction between clean and unclean animals and between unclean and clean birds. Do not defile yourselves by any animal or bird or anything that moves along the ground, those which I have set apart as unclean for you. And as we saw before in in some of our many other studies, the reason why God had the dietary laws 
was, there certainly was a practical side to it. How many guys realize that uh, probably not a good thing to eat shellfish in the middle of the desert without a refrigerator? Probably the first and last time you ever do that. You know what I'm saying that? Okay, so there's a practical side to it, but a lot of it was, it was one of God's many ways to try to use Israel as an object lesson for all people as Israel was to be a light unto the nations that it was going to send a message to them of a problem that they needed to fix so they would come to God, hopefully, to get it fixed. And that was this. God is clean. We are what? Unclean, right? And he did that as the dietary laws to make them stand out on purpose. And then, of course, we saw before with the temple, you don't just come to God any way you want. You have to go through the gate. Who's the gate? Jesus Christ. You have to go through the cleansing of the labor. Labor cleansing. Who cleanses us from our sin? Jesus Christ. You got the altar of sacrifice. Who's the sacrifice of our sins? Jesus Christ. You don't get into the holy, most holy place. Only the high priest. Who's our high priest? Jesus. You get in there uh, to the, uh, the holy place. There's the bread of, of life. Who's the, who, the bread, the table show bread? That's Jesus, the bread of life. There's the lights. Jesus, the light. On and on it goes. It was that you ha- there's only one way to get to God. Okay, because why? He is clean or holy and we are unclean or unholy. Sin. You see what I'm saying? So he's using the Jewish people there, right? And, uh, but let's continue on. So he says, you are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy and I've set you apart from the nations to be my own. Again, he wants them to be the example. He doesn't want them to get involved in these practices that God calls abhorrent. You need to stick to what he said because he's trying to use them, not just for their own good, okay, to be an object lesson. Okay, so then, now here we go. So what in the world is it that God basically says, if you get involved in this, the land's gonna wanna vomit you out, and I personally, God speaking, uh, says, this is abhorrent. Don't do it. Here it is. A man or woman who's a what? A medium or spiritist among you must be, whoa, 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 what's the words there? Must be put to death. You are to stone them, and that's with rocks until they die, their blood will be on their own heads. Now, whoa. How many of you guys are glad that we are no longer on the old covenant? Okay, well, you should be, right? Uh, in fact, frankly, people who are unfortunately still to this day, who have yet to turn to Jesus Christ for true deliverance, who are involved in the occult, you should be as well. Okay, uh, but you can see here that God just doesn't only find witchcraft, occult practices uh, abhorrent. Okay, but originally in the old covenant, Okay, what was the penalty? The death penalty. How many guys say that's pretty serious? God's got a serious view when it comes to occult and witchcraft. Again, I'm not saying, I'll say this probably many times throughout this study specifically tonight. I'm not saying let's go back to that. And I'm not saying let's round up witches and people involved in the occult and kill them. I'm not saying that. And don't say I said that because I'm not saying that. That's wrong. Okay, but we have to deal with this and realize that there is, we're gonna see tonight, some of this is a little graphic, I'm gonna warn you. Okay, and believe you me, I'm even holding out on some stuff I could share. But folks, there are people involved in the occult right now as we sit here who are killing and murdering people because of these lying occult beliefs, including in witchcraft. Can we just deal with that? And you wonder why God calls it abhorrent. And you wonder why he says, man, you, if you as a nation get involved in that, or if you as people allow that to flourish in your nation, the, it, bleh, it's gonna, oh, it's just not good, okay? So that's what we're gonna, we're gonna see. God says, don't mess with it. It's demonic, it's satanic. Again, we're gonna see tonight, uh, Satan is what? He's not a, just a liar, John chapter eight. He's a what? He's the father of all lies and he's a murderer and he's been one from the beginning, right? 
And, uh, but God doesn't want people involved in this because it will lead them astray, certainly away from him and his truth so that they could be delivered. But again, this is what demons do. They don't just lie to you. Ultimately, they want to trick you long enough to either just flat out kill you or get you to kill other people because they're murderers, okay? And or long enough until you take your last breath apart from Jesus Christ and die and go straight to hell. That's what, you, what we're dealing with here. Okay, serious, serious stuff. So again, let's take a look at the next region of our planet that unfortunately is not just in the past involved in witchcraft, but uh, still to this day involved in witchcraft. And dare I say, a lot of murderous, evil, wicked behavior. Okay, now when you speak of India, speak of witchcraft, for those of you uh, Harrison Ford fans, it reminds you of that scene from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Let's take a look at that. ceremony. They're worshiping Kali. Have you ever seen anything like this before? Nobody's seen this for a hundred years. I think I'd scream too. Wow. 
<laughs> Good thing that's just Hollywood, John. That stuff never goes on. I mean, crazy human sacrifice, occult practices, being done in secret, killing people and stuff. And it certainly ain't happening in India. Yeah, that's sarcasm to make a point. It's still going on to this day. Now, I've got to give them credit. I didn't realize this, but uh, whoever wrote the script for that particular Indiana Jones movie, they did their homework because this is based on actual occurrences. I kid you not. Thuggies. Remember he said thuggy ritual to Kali? Exactly was real, right? Let me break that down for you. Thuggy, it refers to the acts of, here's where we get our English word from. You didn't realize this, thugs. Thugs come from this Indian word, uh, thuggy, okay? And basically there were guys involved in witchcraft and the occult and they would go around and rob and murder people under the worship of Kali, Okay? But that was a real group of people, okay, on a massive scale. Uh, in the Hindi, uh, thug, which is where we get thug and thuggy is what they called it, means a, a swindler or a deceiver, okay? And again, these were traveling groups that went around basically murdering people, but I'll get to the reason why. It wasn't just for riches and things of that nature. Uh, they actually came, a lot of people believe, from the Muslim community, from Muslim tribes and Muslim families, and then worked their way into the Hindi or Hindu culture, and that's what became the thuggies, okay? But they're basically highway robbers. They were tricking people. They would gain their confidence, come in, and just strangle them to death was one of their popular ways, okay, of murdering them, and then, of course, taking their, their goods. Uh, they would use a handkerchief or a noose, uh, and during the 1830s, the thugs were targeted for eradication by the Governor General of India, Lord William Betnick. And again, what was the mentioning there by Harrison Ford? They haven't seen this in 100 years. And that was depicted in what, in the, like the 1930s? Again, that's totally accurate, okay, as well. But unfortunately, it hasn't stopped. There was actually not just men, there was female thugs. Isn't this weird? People would say, oh, don't be a thug, thug life, thug. You don't want to associate with this man. These people were murderous occultists, okay, running around killing people, okay? But there was female thugs, and they were brutal. They would murder anybody, not just men, women, children, you name it. Uh, they would do that. In fact, let me give you a couple of, uh, this is a, a, a water uh, color. This is back in 1837. And this was showing thugs, the thuggy, okay, tra- uh, uh, strangling a traveler. One's holding his feet, the, uh, another his hands, and the third is tightening the ligature around his neck. So they're, they're killing them with a rope there. Uh, and it's very graphic. Uh, uh, and then uh, again, here's another uh, depiction. Thugs were stabbing the eyes of travelers before throwing their bodies into a well. So, I mean, just, these guys are just traveling around, man, killing people right and left. Okay, and wait till you hear how many. Okay, and it's just because they're a bunch of bad thugs. No, here's the deal that people don't connect. Okay, first of all, they don't realize that where the word thug comes from and that the Indiana Jones movie was actually based on actual occurrences. Okay, but again, they were doing it because they were considered a deadly criminal cult and they did it because this so-called deity, a demonic deity in India told them to do it. Okay, and they they worshipped, it was an occult worship, the thuggies were an occult worship of the Hindu goddess, small g, obviously, Uh, and uh, there's only one god, we've already dealt with that many times, Uh, but anyway, in the Hindu cult Kali, okay, and she was supposed to be the destructive, creative mother goddess in the Hindu religion, the destroyer of evil spirits, and, and the preserver of her devotees, so... Uh, and she sometime, uh, as you can see, in the company of demons, her multiple arms hold weapons and or severed heads of demons. As you can see there in that picture, they're just wrapping her all around her, you know, just very graphic. And this is somebody, obviously, you would not want to take out on a date, 
okay? Uh, it would be my bare minimum opinion, okay? <laughs> but anyway, but, uh, uh, but thugs and the thuggy cult were not just organized, it was a hereditary cult, okay? And was passed down from generation to generation, okay? Typically from father to son to keep the line going. Uh, they practiced, again, large-scale robbery, murder. And again, they justified it because this is what Kali told them to do. Well, I wonder who came up with that lie, that murderous lie. John chapter eight, who's the father of all lies? Satan, and who's a murderer and has been one from the beginning? Same text, Satan, hand in hand. Okay, I guarantee you that's where it's coming from. Again, they traveled throughout India, typically gangs anywhere from 10 to 200. They dressed in disguises. They targeted travelers, especially the wealthy travelers, obviously. They gained their confidence, and next thing you know, they would strangle and kill them. And again, the acts of displaying, quote, false friendship, so lying, murder, the disposal of the victim were performed according to ancient, rigid, prescribed processes uh, that were elaborate religious rites performed to honor Kali. So again, they weren't just doing this because they're going to get rich. It's just a band of thugs. You know, just, it's just horrible. It's a scourge on society. No, it was based on guys who were involved in occult worship of Kali who they said told them to do this. This really happens, crazy, okay? They would also uh, consecrate uh, their murderous behavior with pickaxes and sacrifice of sugar, and that was part of the rites. Uh, and of course, they would take a portion of the spoils and give it, uh, spoils and give it to who? The Kali, which is basically an idol. Is it an idol anything? No, right? But the scripture talks about that a demon is behind every idol. Who do you think starting that baloney, right? Uh, but anyway, they literally, listen to this, murder and robbery were considered by this thuggy cult as a religious duty, they literally consider themselves holy and honorable men, if you can believe that. And, and it, it did not affect their moral feelings going around and murdering people. Now, can people's hearts get that callous where they actually think that this is a good thing? Yeah, a lot of this folks goes on in the, the occult. And you're thinking, how could people do this? How could, be, how could it be so brutal? Well, they think, hey, this is the way to be. This is how it is. And you're right, John's brainwashing uh, with these lies. They also uh, were a very close fraternity. They used special jargon, secret words. They had uh, hand signs, you know, secret hand signs to communicate with each other. And listen to this. Because of the secrecy and the closeness and the discipline of the thug E organization, they were, listen, rarely if ever suspected of any wrongdoings, and they were recognized by many as normal law-abiding citizens and went undetected for centuries. Now, I saw that, I'm going, I wonder how many people in our culture, even here in the United States of America, in places we would literally freak out if we had, in all sectors of society. Do you think there's any of them involved in occult practices? Yeah, I think if we had any idea, folks, it'd freak us out. Okay, we might get into that more later into some of our studies, certainly in the issue of Satanism, Right? Uh, and that's actually what the Satanists are trained is uh, in your day job, you dress and act and speak just like everybody else. But at night, you're a full-blown Satanist doing all kinds of horrible, rotten things. And most people have no clue that they'd be working right next with the Satanists. Okay, but this unfortunately goes on. Now listen to this. It is estimated that the death by thugs were as high as 40,000 people a year. 40,000. In fact, they say we really don't know, and there's no way to know to the extent, but they're estimating that over 2 million people died by this what? This band of not just murderous thugs or thieves, but people who were involved in the cult practices being told that the demon told them to do this and they felt justified. 
Okay, it's crazy. They literally consider themselves children of Kali. They believe that they were created from her sweat and they killed in her name in a big way. And they, in fact, they said basically worship of this goddess demands it. Okay, why did they kill for Kali? The idea was that Kali, the quote, dark-skinned, red-tongued goddess, wore a garland of skulls and was, quote, bloodthirsty and required human offerings in order to keep her wrath at bay, hence the murders. So how twisted is that, right? And, And again, we dealt with this in our Hinduism study, right? And a lot of the yoga postures and things that are going on and things that are going on with yoga are, quote, honoring these deities. And some of them are saying their names when you're doing yoga and things of that nature and and their meditation practices. (laughs) Really? You want to promote that? Okay. But that's why they said we have to do this because we're not just honoring her. She told us to do this. But if we don't do it, she's going to come and get us. We have to murder people to appease their wrath. Now, wait till we get over into, Lord willing, South America and the Aztecs and the cultures over there. Human sacrifice, big time, right? With the Mayan culture and things that are going on, that was a bloody horrible uh, culture, right? And they're the ones that came up with that calendar, that incredible calendar. Remember how people got freaked out in 2012? I'm talking even the Christian community. Blew me away. Of course, we knew better here, okay? But man, remember that? And then we did, I purposely did that study to, uh, can, can we take a look at that culture real quick? I'm taking a little detour here. Hope you don't mind. Can we take a look at the, the culture there? These guys, okay, number one, were involved with hallucinogenics to give them these visions that they supposedly get this wisdom from, right? And they were f- full of constant human sacrifice because in their belief system, they believed that the sun, in order to keep the sun going, it required human blood. So they had to keep killing people. And it's like, I'm gonna listen to those guys over God? Right? Oh, by the way, they predicted uh, uh, supposedly the end of the world that was 2012, which obviously came and went. Okay, But if they're so wise and accurate with their calendar, how come they didn't predict their own demise as a culture? Let's, uh, but, but let's just move on. Let's get back to the thuggy thing that's going on. Uh, but that's literally what they're doing, including sa- child sacrifice. Again, these thuggies, they'd kill anybody, whatever. Because again, not just that's what she said to do, but man, I don't want Kali mad at me. right? And it's a very brutal, sick uh, culture. Okay, in fact, knowing now what we know about the thuggies, let's go back to that Indiana Jones movie again. Let's take a look. Across the deepest, darkest jungles of India, there lies a secret network of ancient temples. In centuries past, these were the sites of horrific rituals, but today, they are merely ruins, reminders of a dark power that is best forgotten. Beneath the majesty of Pankot Palace, however, this power still burns kept alight by the cult of Thuggy. A secret religious society centered in India, the Thuggy were united in their worship of Kali, goddess of time, change, death, and the eradicator of all evils. The Thuggy committed acts of terrorism and mass murder in her name, while offering up human sacrifices in their scattered temples. Their ultimate goal was to rule the world through the power of Kali, but their fanaticism was considered atrocious and heretical by all outsiders. The cult was believed to have originated within the Mohammedan tribes before being cast out for their violent nature. Over the centuries, they developed a reputation as assassins, preying on merchants in India, Bengal, and parts of Tibet. Any deemed unrepentant would be strangled and their valuables taken, while those recognized as pilgrims would be protected. 
With the arrival of the British and the development of railways across the subcontinent, the Thuggee found it far more difficult to ambush lone travelers. They adopted far more secretive measures, capturing victims outside of small towns and villages before sacrificing them to Kali. While their attacks were initially dismissed by the British as those of wild animals, the eventual disappearance of British merchants and even army patrols forced them to take notice. Between 1820 and 1850, British armies aggressively swept through the heart of India. The worship of Kali was outlawed, her temples destroyed, and captured thuggy priests were executed. Wow. They had to let you go in there and take care of it. Isn't that weird? This whole time you thought, well, that's just a kind of interesting script, kind of creative, kind of creepy. Based on real stuff. Wow. Hats off to the scriptwriter Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. They did their homework, okay? And again, it wasn't until British rule that the final suppression and elimination of the thugs was accomplished in the mid-late 1800s. Or did it? Wow, this blew me away. It's still going on today. Uh, this, I'm just going to give you real quick, uh, and this is pretty gross, but I, I got to deal with it. Okay, this is uh, some current headlines. India's killer godmen sacrificing children as self-styled holy men, murdering and mutilating children to gain divine favor in ritualistic killings. These are actual headlines. I could be here all day sharing them. This is going on on a massive scale. Uh, and here's the account that's mentioned in this particular article. Uh, a lady's six-year-old son went missing in January. She scours every corner of her village in western India to find him. Uh, they found him all right 18 hours later, but his corpse was mutilated, his clothes were torn, his belongings missing, and his eyes and had dozens of marks from needle piercings under them. Quote, his father said they slit his throat with a knife and they made a hole in the back of his head with a drill machine. When we found him, we couldn't believe that someone could put a child through such barbarity. More astounding, why? This kind of behavior, the occult Kali told me to do it. This kind of stuff is still going on today, folks. And it was done, listen to this, in this particular article, by that little boy's 40-year-old aunt. Crazy. The murder was an act of human sacrifice to gain the favor of a goddess, okay? And his aunt, Drapati, had approached a so-called holy man. That's what they basically call the guys involved in these occult practices. Talk about twisting of words, okay? And uh, she uh, told him, listen, that her home had been robbed of peace since her husband would often fight with her. So this so-called holy man advised her that if if she could hack a young boy and offer his blood and flesh to the goddess, the deity would be pleased and harmony would be destroyed. Isn't that sick? You wonder why God says, don't you dare mess with the occult practices. And if you let this stuff flourish in your nation, it's gonna wanna vomit you out. It'll destroy your country. Now, again, I'm not saying let's go round up and kill people. Uh, we have courts of law. Let's do it right. Let's do it proper. But you've got to deal with this. Okay, this stuff is really going on. A few feet from the boy's body, investigators found ingredients gathered for the sacrifice uh, ritual, human skulls, bones, pictures of, guess who? The Hindu goddess Kali. And just even recently, at least seven other murders have been related to human sacrifices. Uh, another guy said recent cases were perpetrated to gain the favor of goddesses to bring, quote, peace upon homes, locate hidden treasures, ward off the evil eye again, uh, and facilitate, listen to this, showers of gold. 
starting to sound like Bethel and there's supposed stuff going on. That's straight out of the occult, folks. Uh, there's a preference for uh, boys anywhere from three to 12 years. They also take girls, specifically ones who just started menstruating or uh, children who were breech babies. When these children are sacrificed, they're usually mutilated. I, I can't keep going on. It's just sick. And I even toned down what I highlight I could have shared. But they do it at specific times, new moon, full moon practices, And again, you wonder why God has such a strong view of this. And yet it's being glamorized, not just by Hollywood. And all due to respect to whoever that person was online, you have Christians that say, we don't need to learn about this. That's called putting your head in the sand. But it's also, and that ain't gonna help nothing. But again, it's all over the Bible because it's this serious and gross and it's abhorrent to God. And when you find out what really goes on, it should be abhorrent to us. So you have to deal with it if you're going to be a biblical and a biblically trained Christian, okay? As gross as it is. But again, it's just like when we did our eight-week study on abortion. That was a tough one. But it's really going on. Is sticking our hand, helping out those children being murdered? Are those ladies being lied to? This is going to fix your life when it destroys them 100% of the time? No, you have to deal with it. Same thing here. You got to deal with it as well okay but again this is something you don't want to mess with but Hollywood is glamorizing this and the audacity of them to put it into cartoons and seduce kids into this when kids themselves could very well end up being the victim it's gross no wonder God has such strong words uh, the one father of this one guy says all these people who killed my child they were let off I filed an appeal in the higher court but I'm not very hopeful and at the same time these the Indian community is still involved in this still involved in human sacrifice not just the worship of Kali but flooded with the occult witchcraft but these so-called holy men extremely unholy okay they're not only saying you need to do this that one guy told the lady that here's if you want peace back in your home go kill somebody where do you think that thought even came from bingo of course it is right satanic it's all satanic right but these same guys are duping people thinking that on anything you could think of dealing with the cold let's say that you're not just dealing with i'm just having bad luck so to speak or i'm just having hard times in my marriage or i'm no maybe you're actually dealing with something of a cult behavior like a demonic possession guess what these guys do same thing all the other ones do you need to come to us and we'll use our demonic powers to get rid of the demons right Here's a typical scenario right now as we sit here, somebody in India, if they're possessed or have a child or a loved one who's possessed by a demon, here's how they're told how they need to deal with it. It's sad. Watch this. The town of Vindhyachal in northern India sprawls on the banks of the river Ganges. Here stands one of the most important temples in India. It's the main temple of the Vindhyavasini Devi, a powerful Hindu goddess. Thousands throng to this shrine, but this is more than a house of worship. Within the bustling temple, down a dim corridor, is a tiny locked room, out of bounds to all but a tormented few. It's called the Cave of Spirits, a home for the dead and last hope for the possessed. In the holy waters of the Ganges, a man and his helpers prepare for an arduous task. Lakshmi Kanth Shukla is an exorcist, a pursuer of spirits. And today, he'll take on some formidable foes. 
Families have traveled many miles from all over northern India to seek his help. I have four, five lumps in my neck. I get dizzy sometimes. My eyes roll up, my neck turns stiff. But their woes appear to begin in strikingly similar ways. Usually at twilight. Women walking down lonely roads sense an eerie presence. They feel themselves under attack. Overnight, something takes possession of them. Some blame gods of the earth and air. Others point to spirits of the dead. No one is certain. A lot of people here do say that this is just superstition. Those who don't face this problem say it's nonsense. Those who suffer believe it's real. Sali Kram came with his 15-year-old daughter, Muni. For eight months, Muni has been depressed and acting strangely. She had a stomachache. Her eyes got blood red. She starts talking nonsense, whatever comes into her head. Salikram and his wife have tried doctors. Now, as a last resort, they'll attempt exorcism. For Mooney and the other girls, the moment is at hand. The exorcist works them into a trance. One by one, the girls break down. When the spirit comes forth, the girl loses all control over her body. That's when I know she has been possessed. The exorcist urges the spirit to talk. It seems ready to surrender. I will leave her body. I will leave her forever. The spirit has agreed to leave, but the exorcist must find it another home. He knows of only one place, a place where he can jail it for eternity, the cave of spirits. But first he has to get Mooney and the other young women and their demons to the cave. The dancing distracts the spirits, keeping them from bolting. The chamber doors are carefully opened. The spirit that possesses Muni responds with a spasm of rage, then leaves the girl's body. The smashing of a coconut signals the ritual's end. Muni will leave, but the spirit that tormented her will remain here forever. No, it won't. That's a lie from Satan who's causing that problem in the first place. And this is sad. This, this is all they got. So they use a cult to get rid of, involved in demon stuff, to get rid of so-called demons, and it doesn't, there's no deliverance. Imagine living that, and that's all you got. You ain't got no hope. There's no guarantee. And you wonder why God said, go into all the world and share the gospel. Why? Because there's only one name under heaven that men might be saved and, dare I say, can deliver you from that, just like that. 
That's how powerful Jesus is. And that's why we need to always be out there sharing the gospel, folks. These people ain't got Jesus. So anyway, so they, they said, listen, these, the public faith in these, quote, con men are so strong and resistance is to them it has grave repercussions. One guy says, my father was shot dead just because he questioned one of these guys involved in the occult. But that's how permeated it is in their society, even to this day, as you can see. Uh, blind adherence to them. Uh, people are told that they're messengers of God. And that's why even today, people all over India fall for their claims and end up as victims or criminals. In fact, listen to this. The National Science Center in New Delhi says the prevalence of human sacrifices in India can be gauged from the number of missing children in their country. Do we have a problem with missing children in our country? Is it all just because they didn't like their home life and ran away? Again, I think we would literally freak out if we knew what I think some in the law enforcement who finds their mutilated bodies know. Uh, They didn't just get kidnapped or walked away. They got kidnapped and they got kidnapped to be used as a human sacrifice, even in the United States of America. This is the stuff that you need to deal with Okay, just like you need to deal with abortion, you need to deal with this, folks, because it ain't going to go away just acting like it's not real. Okay, in fact, listen to this. The latest figures from the National Crime Records Bureau, this is in India, 55,625 minors were missing in India uh, as of 2016, and 34,000 plus of those were just girls. And of course, they're not just murdered, they're what? Mutilated. Uh, which these things, okay? So again, you say, wonder why does God have such a strong, harsh word, Old Testament, New Testament? I mean, he doesn't mince words at all. When he talks about occult practices, spirits, mediums, sorcery, witches, people involved in this stuff, he, he, he has some serious strong words. I wonder why. I think you're starting to see a taste of why, right? And again, unfortunately, Hollywood glamorized it. Wicca, we haven't even got to that yet comes along and says, no, it's just nature worship. It's fine. And they're leading people into this kind of crazy stuff. Now, real quick, because we've got to wrap this up. That's India. Uh, I said it wasn't just India. We're going to cover the what? Island witchcraft. Now, to see that person, they ate a piece of chicken and their tongue's on fire. And that's obviously what's going on. No, I'm just kidding you. But it could be, it could be. I don't know. I wasn't there. Were you? Let's just roll with it, shall we? Uh, but Indian, uh, the island countries, man, they are flooded with witchcraft too. Not just India, but all over the place. And we're just going to just uh, do a, a brief look. They call them dukun over there uh, is what they call them. It's basically the Malay term for shaman or witch doctor or a witch. Okay. It's all over the place there. You know, Malay, what's the Malay? Malay language is the country's spoken language of Brunei, Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, parts of Thailand. Over 200 million people speak this language uh, in that area, down Sumatra, even in southern Philippines, and it's predominantly in the Muslim inhabited uh, municipalities. So again, the Muslim community folks, believe it or not, if you didn't realize this, is also involved heavy duty into the occult and witchcraft practices. Now let's get back to that Dukun guy, uh, the witch doctor. He's supposed to be a healer, a spirit medium, a sorcerer, a quote, master of black magic. Okay. And, uh, and, and they quote, suppose this one guy said, they just prey on the gullible and superstitious and people who were raised to believe in the supernatural. Okay, there's nothing wrong with believing in the supernatural. Last time I checked, God is supernatural. Uh, there really is a spirit world and a natural world that we live in. 
and there really is angels from God and fallen angels that work with Satan called demons. There is a supernatural world. But I agree, you don't want to listen to these guys, okay, who are hooking up with demons and giving demonic lying so-called advice to people, ripping them off and or leading them to do some pretty atrocious rotten behavior. Okay, so I get that point. But these Dukun guys uh, have very strong beliefs in animism, ancestor worship, shamanism, of course, uh, and, and they are prevalent everywhere. In fact, uh, the Dukun were actually even exempt from paying taxes. Now think about that. If you made a law in your country, it says, hey, everybody involved in the occult, don't have to pay taxes. This tells you how high they, they're not just in their society, how high they are up, if you will, in their society. Uh, in fact, it says this, many highly, just what we saw last week in the Asian communities, many highly and prominent educated Indonesians, Malaysians, Singaporeans, who even have, quote, Western doctorates and master level degrees, quote, still consult these guys, right? In fact, including former President Sukarno, former President Suharto, and former President Megawati, and that's the longest name I've ever seen in the history of mankind. You can come look at it later. I'm skipping that part. Wow. So their leadership uh, is turning to these guys for advice in their country. And again, I'm sure we don't have leaders in our country turning to the occult for advice. Yeah, we haven't gotten to that yet. Okay, now there's another type of uh, basically witch doctor, and he goes by the name of a pawang. Okay, so we got the Dukun and you got the Pawang in these island nations. Okay, now what's the difference? Well, this guy, he focuses on uh, black magic involving weather, supposedly manipulation, uh, wild animals and, and spirits, and he's involved in sorcery. And basically, what's the difference between the two? The Pawang are the basically the occultists, the witch doctors in the mountains, and the Dukun guy is the one that's more on the land by the rivers and stuff. So that tells you wherever you go in these countries, where are these guys at? They're everywhere. Now, why is this guy big in the uh, animal things and all that stuff? Because supposedly you go to this guy in the mountains, not just to help control the weather, but to prevent animal attacks, okay? Uh, And particular rituals and chants, he'll, uh, this guy, you go to him if you want to have a good hunt or a safe trip through the jungle or have success in mining, okay? But again, these guys, the Dakun, the Pawang, they often have a dual role. They don't just serve as the local witch doctor, but, and they quote, they're often quote at the same time, the village chief. So this guy is running the show. Imagine if you had the president of the United States who was a full-blown witch doctor. Do you think we'd ever get to that level? I think there are some people in the past running for president. That, you know, <laughs> again, we haven't gotten to Satanism yet. Where did we get there? Okay, but, but why? So listen, I mean, think about it. Your whole society, you're not just got this in your society. Now they've into your society and they're governing your society. That's where you're at with these nations. It's crazy, right? Now, why do people go to them? Because supposedly they got these magical powers, right? Supposedly these guys can do healing. And of course they are big on herbalism and certain herbs and chants and animal parts and inanimate objects. And they supposedly speak to the spirits to guide and do all kinds of things to get uh, rid of all your ailments and things of that nature. Uh, here's an actual picture of a Dukun supposedly uh, performing an exorcism on this boy uh, because the, they are believed to, quote, communicate directly with the bad and good spirits. Stop right there. When a person dies, where do they go? If you're saved, you go straight to heaven. If you're not, you go straight to hell. 
So if somebody comes back or some spirit, supposed to be some person, even some so-called animal, what, what are you dealing with here? As we saw before in our last study, familiar spirit, it's a demon, right? So there is no good, bad, right? They're lying to you. It's all bad, okay? But uh, they, and then they say this, and the reason why they can get those uh, spirits, demons to leave in these exorcisms is, quote, they believe because the demons are enthralled that a living being can communicate with them. It's like they, they surprise him out. Oh, he talked to me. <laughs> Are you serious? You gotta be kidding me. Uh, they're also big in divination, okay, as you can see. Uh, and they're big on prophetic visions. So go to these guys, they'll give you a prophecy. Hey, there's not people today that uh, they, don't, they, don't, they don't listen to God's word. And in fact, they skip that part and they go to some man or some woman to give them a prophecy. Yeah, that's popular in the occult. Just saying. I'm not gonna go through 42 weeks of charismatic chaos again. Just saying, right? Okay, uh, and, uh, and of course they have their charms, their blessing, their talismans and things of that nature and supposedly with all these different techniques, uh, these guys can supposedly uh, bless you as an individual, maybe your business, and they can quote, even keep away termites or spirits and demons over your land and so you can have a good harvest, okay? So that's still going on today. And they're able to, listen to this, speak the languages during momentary spiritual possession, so they admit they're being possessed, despite not having prior knowledge of these languages. Now, if you saw in our New Age study for 12 weeks, which I'm sure you have all memorized, okay, uh, you saw that that's actually a big thing that goes on with channeling, right? And these spirits that come through people that are basically demon-possessed, and the spirits begin to speak through them, the demons, they always have some, a, a, a blooming British accent. Remember Joel? Remember that, Roy? Remember that? And we laughed about that. It's like, wow, why is it all these, these demons always have a really bad British accent, worse than mine? Right? A little spot of tea, Mary. So, right? But anyway, that, that's what it is. And so these guys, again, they're getting possessed, and guess what? They can speak languages. We saw that that's, that's what demons do. Right? Yeah, well, it's got to be something real because it's a, it's a, it's a language. It's not, no. No, not necessarily. Do you think demons could ever read a book or learn a language? They've been kicking around for 6,000 years. Think they could em- emulate a language? Give me a break. It's nothing, no big shakes. Now, also, again, they, uh, as we get close to wrap it up here, uh, they also do, they hexes. Again, all this stuff, all this new stuff, uh, Wicca and all this stuff, nothing new to the sun. It's been going on for a long time, ever since the Tower of Babel, and it's frankly all over the planet, and most people don't realize hexes. Let me give you a couple things that these guys are uh, supposedly can do for you, which I don't recommend. Uh, a couple different hexes. One's called a jingi. And that's, uh, they offer up uh, incense and opium in a half circle. And they got nails and glass and needles in there. And they say that the, uh, they're going to hex the person. And these items are going to end up in that victim's stomach. There's another one called a gindam where they, they chant the person's name so they cannot rest until they're cured by another witch doctor. Uh, there's a, a naruga. Uh, and that they put, uh, implant an emotional suggestion in the victim, causing them to murder somebody else. Uh, a santit, that's when the dukun causes the target to have chronic diarrhea which is probably images in the brain of let's move on uh, you know what I'm going to say Sarep the Dukun causes people to fall under a deep sleep unshakable slumber uh, also the Tanung this is a hex that involves creating a half circle of food offerings including opium incense while chanting for the destruction of the victim they have headaches vomiting illnesses this was wild and uh, ladies this was quote Mostly used by women. 
They would go to the witch doctor, the dakun, and to do the what's called the sussek, and that was where he would implant enchanted metal needles into the patient's body that didn't leave a womb as a form of skin tightening to supposedly make the patient more attractive. That's a serious low-tech facelift, okay, is what's going on. But that makes you wonder, well, where do you get all this stuff from? Isn't that crazy? Wow. Uh, But they're also feared because of their, quote, dark magic. And the dark magic actually goes by this name, Kulam or Barang. It's basically black magic, still uh, practiced today, and this is wild. Watch this. Today, this black magic specifically, again, all magic's bad, black, white, green, purple, whatever you want to call it, it's bad. But this is what's supposed to be the really bad stuff. Right. And this is today practice in a ton of areas, quote, where many of the country's faith healers reside. Now notice the names that these guys call themselves involved in the occult black magic. You need to come to them because they are a faith healer. Now, is it just me or is that just interesting that so-called folks in the word faith that not just perfect wealth, but perfect health, you need to come to them and what is their own title? They call themselves faith healers. I'm sure it's just a quinky dink. What do you think? And real quick, what they do is they use uh, effigies and these things called puppets, which is very close to our word puppet, right? Also goes by the name Moppet, which for fans of Kermit is very similar to Muppet. Interesting. And they use these things, again, it's like the voodoo thing. They get nothing new under the sun. And they combine these things with the actual hair or nail clippings of the person. And basically they jab them, do them whatever and all that stuff. And so that's another service you can get from these guys. And they also usually employ a swarm of destructive insects to attack their victims. Now, if you guys were here, I shared with you a story of a parishioner I had when I was pastor in Northern California. And he found out the hard way, he and his Christian godly family, that there were some witches that lived in the house next door to him. And remember the story I told you that he told me all of a sudden out of the blue, and they were not very, they were not an unkept family, very clean, very godly, and literally clean, uh, but godly family. All of a sudden they got invaded by what? Cockroaches, remember that story? That's what they're saying. That's a product of black magic uh, that goes on. Some they say they get their black magic powers, the kulam or more direct. They supposedly can kill a person instantly with their magic spells, cast curses, or use, again, the evil eye uh, and uh, to send evil spirits to possess or harm the victim, okay? And this is why today, as we close, this society's not just flooded, but if you lived in that society, would you get kind of tired of this? Well, they are. Now, I'm not condoning this behavior, but this is also at the same time, their land is so permeated with witchcraft and cold. These are some, again, current headlines. 22 women pull out the teeth of five men on witchcraft in Odisha. That's a part of uh, India. Elderly woman killed over witchcraft suspicion in Jamtara. Uh, uh, that was two weeks ago. Okay, this is still going on to this day. And again, I could be here all day just sharing headlines. Man killed over suspicion and practicing witchcraft. Uh, they believed that he was working spells to make them sick. Uh, another one says five people were held at, for murdering a couple who were practicing witchcraft, which they felt that was responsible for killing their daughter. And again, 
I'm not saying this and I'm not condoning this. Okay, and don't say I did say this. I'm not saying going out there and killing people involved in the occult and witches is the way to go. I'm not saying that, okay? But it's now so much permeated their society and then the Western media has come in and influenced a new law. These people are dealing with this behavior there. And the new law is you can now not ever even accuse somebody of being a witch or you will go to prison. Watch this. This woman, Jonaki Rye, is possessed by an evil spirit. At least that's what these spirit healers have told her. The spirit healers say they've successfully exercised the spirit, but its origin remains unknown. Her neighbors blame a witch. Away from India's big modern cities, superstitions like this abound. In the last 15 years, more than 2,000 accused witches have been murdered. Nearly all were women. But that hasn't stopped Birbala Raba from fighting to end the custom. Ms. Raba assists the families of victims of witch hunts. Her small team of volunteers pressures police to investigate and arrest the perpetrators. She's also put pressure on legislators, and in her biggest success so far, she was a key proponent of a new state law that bans witchcraft accusations. That's bringing attention to her work. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for this amazing woman, Srimati Birubala Rabha from Assam. Before, these accusations might have led to violence. But now, the new law gives women leverage to defend themselves. Up to 10 years. You're going to go to jail for up to 10 years if you accuse somebody of being a witch. I'm going to say it again. I am not accusing and saying that that's what we need to do is round up and do witch hunts and kill witches or anybody involved. That's wrong. I will also admit, if you do understand a little bit of some of the impetus that's going on with this law, is that people were doing the witch card out of convenience so that they could have them murdered or an excuse to murder them so they could steal their land or their inheritance or just, I don't like you, and it's a convenient way to get rid of them. That is wrong too. My point is, now what is the recourse for the average Joe when as we saw, is still going on in that society 
when witches and people involved in the cult are rounding up children and brutally murdering, murdering them and mutilating them, and then I can't say nothing or I go to jail? Can, I, I, my thing is, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm not saying let's go out and kill them. I'm saying let's do what we normally do when somebody murders somebody. You go to the courts of law. But in order to go to the court of law, you got to at least say, hey, I got a beef with this person, but I can't even do that anymore. Can you imagine if we passed a law here that says if you accuse somebody of murder and your child got murdered, then you go to jail? That's wild. Okay, again, I'm not saying let's go do witch hunts. I've never said that. I'll never will say that's wrong. I'm not saying that people don't use that as a convenient excuse to do some rotten things. It's two wrongs don't make a right. But man, you gotta at least be able to deal with this because what's happening? 50-some thousand kids are being murdered like flies in an egregious fashion because this stuff is real, not just superstitious. Wild. Hey, speaking of which, as we close, uh, next time, Lord willing, for still alive and still here, we're going to deal with another country. Next, we're going to go further west, and they too have some serious issues going on uh, with witchcraft, and that is Africa. Africa will be our next uh, journey if we're still here. Let's go ahead and let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, The the Ten Commandments, the the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying, okay? How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand, okay? Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, You guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, Even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, 
Okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step. To admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judge has said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know, it's actually on historical record, that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so, even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what He was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey, folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave, and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate 
to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.